0: You're on the podcast where we talk trash about things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby and I'm here with Matt.
1: Yes, we are back. And you know, I like had thought all week, uh, Shelby, about writing a rap to intro you (laughs) on this podcast, but then I didn't get around to it. So I'm sorry that 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 is not here. Um, But we do have a special guest this week as we talk about succession. Uh, My friend from New York, living in the financial district, Along with the roy's themselves oh, is Paige Hans, and welcome yes. to the podcast.
0: Welcome, hello,
2: thank you, happy to be here. Uh,
1: so this week we're talking about Succession, the second season, which is super exciting. Uh, Shelby started watching this before I did, and mm-hmm. told me that it was bad, and then I and watched I didn't it and say realized it was that it actually I said like I didn't the greatest like it. television show ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay, to each his own. You know I mean we'll see. The first six episodes are a
2: real slog to get through. As Matt and I discussed, I actually fully skipped at least two of the episodes, I would say, in (laughs) season one. So and didn't I didn't feel like I missed a beat, so
0: that's true. That's a that's the way to do it, I would say, I guess. Do you remember which two you skipped? I skipped, (laughs) I skipped the hospital episode and
2: I mean, the other one, you know, you don't know, you don't miss. So couldn't even tell you.
1: Um, The hospital episode is great. But anyways, before we get into succession, we have a review to read. One of our fantastic fans has left us a review. This is from Super Jen, who gave us five stars and said, new listener approved. I was recently introduced to your podcast via Matt's cousin. Um, Thank you, whichever cousin that was. I have a lot of you. So whoever, thank you. Uh, Thank you for your critiques about the Emmys. I thought. I was alone with my uncomfortable feelings while watching this program from Jenny McCarthy to TikTok to your arch enemy, James Corden. Yes, yes, yes. This is all brilliant commentary. Absolute genius. Paige, do you have any takes on James Corden?
2: You know, I don't think I have any popular takes on James Corden. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. I think, especially after seeing that Cats trailer, <laughs> which fully shaved at least a year off of my life. Uh, at least, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's coming up fast. We gotta buckle down the hatches, where that discourse is gonna be a lot.
1: I was on Gold Derby which for those of you who don't know is like a Oscar kind of tracking website and it ranks like people based on how likely they think they are to get nominated for Oscars and Taylor Swift is on there listed for cats like <laughs> as a potential best supporting actress nominee oh, wow. and I was like who put that this is on very here generous. like who is trolling <laughs> not us not even <laughs> just
0: like a best song like a best acting no wow.
1: No yeah. actress. Yes,
0: <laughs> I mean maybe Ooh. the maybe the selection is that weak right now. I don't know. Maybe she's gotten better since The Giver. Who knows? Or maybe
2: this is her Lady Gaga
0: moment to shine. Yeah. See, exactly. Like the Stranger Things have happened, right?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: We'll see. <laughs> but another but Oscar contender. Trailers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd be interested to know if... um, Because people have been pushing for Robert Downey Jr. to get nominated for his role as Iron Man in Endgame. So do you think his scent in Dr. Doolittle is going to affect that negatively?
1: You know, so the... Dr. Doolittle trailer came out, which I think the movie was originally called like the voyages of Dr. Doolittle or something. Oh, now dear. it's just called Doolittle. And when you texted me about it, Shelby, it auto-corrected to like do D O and then little L I T T L E. And I was like, what is this? And literally Googled that and some <laughs> random thing came up. Uh, I I don't understand why he's doing this after it makes no like sense. of all of the things that he could be doing, he's choosing to do <laughs> a weird Doctor Doolittle remake. I heard with it a bad was a British passion accent. project
0: for him. It was like a no. childhood dream.
1: <laughs> Are you serious?
0: <laughs> I saw a passing tweet, so it's eighty percent chance it's just sarcasm, <laughs> but it's the, it's a nice <laughs> fantasy <out>. to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh.
2: You know, I have actually a hot take on this. Okay. I loved it. Whoa!
0: <laughs> whoa. <laughs> wow, please. Yes, I need some insight. Are you a fan of talking animals or just RDJ? or <laughs> Exactly. I'm a fan of CGI animals. <laughs> um,
2: I got psychotically involved in the Dumbo oh, uh, yes. trailer earlier. This Mm -hmm. year and had a t-shirt made, dragged my whole family to the theater an hour early, cried through like the trailer and then, you know, was left, I would say I was left disappointed (laughs) by Dumbo. Um, But I'm excited for this. I also loved uh, the Doolittle book. But I will
0: say Eddie Eddie Murphy will always be my Dr. Doodle, so I'm not sure. I know, goes,
1: for real. Yeah,
0: it's like why try and recreate that magic, you know? I just I'm not feeling the same level as energy that I got from Eddie Murphy's.
1: I was thinking about today that scene where Raven like realize like admits that she can talk to animals to her yeah. dad and is like crying and I was like that was such a great scene from Doctor Dolittle two and how dare we try to re- rewrite that section of history that was that amazing cinematic yeah. moment I
0: mean this does have quite a cast it's uh, Rami Malek and um Octavia Spencer, Tom Holland, Ralph Fiennes, like, but they're Selena all animals. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really it's it's about animals, Matt. Like, what are you? It's mostly animals. There's like three humans in it.
2: Speaking of, did they fully get the Affleck goose for this movie? <laughs> did you guys notice that the white duck that was like halfway through the trailer? I guess Wait,
1: did it say Affleck or it's just another white duck?
2: I mean, no, no. It's like a 100% body match for the (laughs) Aflac white-talking duck that already exists with the iconic voice of Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's
1: Gilbert... I didn't realize that Gilbert Godfrey was the Aflac duck. (laughs) No Of course, you
0: really are <laughs> into your like an CGI idiot. animals. You know your stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Tracking these. Sweet. So wait, pages. I, I know it all. Yeah. I did not realize <laughs> that this would think... I knew that you liked Dumbo, but I didn't realize you had a shirt made for the occasion. <laughs> what did it say?
2: Yeah, it all happened so fast. <laughs> um, it was just a photo. It was just a little, uh, little photo of Dumbo.
1: Of baby CGI Dumbo. Did you like The Lion King?
2: I haven't watched The Lion
0: King. <laughs> oh, whoa! <laughs> Wait, this isn't adding up. Then
2: I know I was left confused by Dumbo, honestly, and then you know,
0: summer happened. Right. The Lion and King got a lot of Yeah, you lost. Your yeah, faith it was honestly easy CGI. to do. What do you have a favorite CGI animal movie like of all time? Hmm, I'm. I mean, this doesn't
2: count as CGI, but I'm a huge Space Jam head. I love no. Space Jam. <laughs> but you know, you just can't compete with how cute that baby right. Dumbo is. So. Yeah, and there's
1: a new there's a new Space Jam that's coming out in the works. So this is just a good time oh, for know. you to be alive. It's just all it CGI is. animals <laughs> and uh, and remakes of old '90s movies. Oh,
0: man. Yep, exactly. I hope you like doolittle i mean it's it's been on a long journey. I think there was a ton of like reshoots that needed to be done, and the director left halfway through or something, and production was stalled for a while and so and it's coming out in January, so it'll definitely be really good, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yikes i i fear i fear for dr julittle uh, <laughs> we shall see how it does in theaters in early january <laughs> the death knell for movies but i guess let's get on to the main event which is succession a show that came out last year i think to the first season launched last summer maybe to like fairly mute reception like i don't remember people really talking about this show at all or or much buzz surrounding Mm. it but then somehow or another this spring leading into this summer for the second season that came out it felt like everybody and their mother was watching it and then this second season feels like the television event of you know (laughs) the second half of the year following the i mean
0: i think season one was pretty well received and i i knew people were watching it and talking about it and i mean it was like certified fresh on rotten tomatoes and Everyone was excited because Adam McKay was directing the pilot. But yeah, I mean, once you got on board, it definitely really took off, so you were on the <laughs> you were on the right track there.
1: <laughs> when did you start watching this page?
0: I started watching it recently as
2: well. I binged it. It's funny because, like Matt mentioned at the beginning, um I live downtown where a lot of succession is shot, and I remember seeing in New York they put up flyers that will say where they're filming and what they're filming. And I remember seeing the succession flyers and being like, oh God, another (laughs) HBO show that no one cares about. (laughs) Here we go. Because Ray Donovan films across the street from my apartment. And I've gotten in several fights with PAs from the Ray Donovan show and been asked to step out of shots (laughs) in the past. Wow. Um, Very cool. Yes. (laughs) were so, like, you looked right into the camera. Please
0: keep walking. <laughs> so, get off my like, sidewalk. You're like,
1: look, I was trying to to become <laughs> yeah. a famous person here. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop crushing my dreams. <laughs> um, I also saw this shoot shooting. You did. Yes, I and I didn't realize this until later. I was taught. I was on the phone with my sister one day, and I was walking back to my apartment, and I saw this big crowd of people who like looked like they were protesting. And I was like, "Ugh, Janie, this is so annoying." There's <laughs> always these protesters in New York. Like, what a debacle! And then I was walking by them, and, and there, yeah, and there was these cameramen, and I was like well maybe it's a movie shoot i don't know i can't tell i can't tell if it's like a protest and then there's just a film crew like filming the protest or if it's like a protest for a movie (laughs) and didn't really think anything of it and then when i was watching this the second season it's the protest (gasps) that it takes place outside of the um waystar royco headquarters that initiates the like shutdown oh of the word. you know like safe room hide in place kind of Did thing you pause so it and look i was there
0: <laughs> were you like oh
1: <laughs> like oh look at that annoyed boy in the back of <laughs> <Yeah>. the shot <laughs> talking on the phone <laughs> yeah. no i don't think i was it yeah. was like a snap and you missed it of the outside of the building <laughs> with the protesters but i was there when it was <laughs> happening so
0: that counts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Congrats on your uh, out, your almost hit moment on Succession season two. I I wish that would have panned out for you. Mm-hmm.
1: someday I'll get on the show. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're really kind of the target audience for that um, cast, aren't you? Just the zero 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 point zero 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 one percent of New York City
1: yes yes i think that literally everyone (laughs) though in new york who's an actor like all of my actor friends from improv are all like okay we have to try to get on succession season three like this is the (laughs) get roll because you know lots of shows don't film here and when there is a big show that films in new york like they cast people you know who live here most of the time and so uh like russian doll when it was shooting here or broad city like uh, some of my friends are on those shows just because they're looking for like you know, New York extras and background actors and stuff. So Succession is the it part to get, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So for those of us who maybe haven't gotten involved in Succession, it's a show that follows sort of a Fox News family, basically this huge company, um, Waystar Roy Co. The Roy family holds it, this media conglomerate, and it's about the patriarch, Logan Roy, who's built this from the ground up and he's just, He's, I don't know, troubled and angry and combative. And he's also in decline health wise. And so his four children are all fighting for to succeed him as um as CEO. And wow. none of them are actually none of them have talents really or or the skills that would justify them becoming CEOs, but at least three of them are got uh, Yeah, that's now. more like it. I was gonna say three at least three of them. <laughs>
1: one of them is off on his own planet. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't know exactly how to start unpacking it, except that season one is really about, focused on the middle son, Kendall, who is sort of the brown noser of the group. He's been pegged to be the his dad's replacement, but his dad sort of like takes it away from him and says like, oh, you're not a killer. Like you can't handle this. And and then becomes this like huge attempt to dethrone Logan Roy through failed, botched, embarrassing <laughs> attempts that just never pan out because these kids are absolute morons. And so the most of the first season is focused on Kindle sort of as the, I don't know, the crux of the emotional arc of the season. And then season two kind of shifts to be more about Shiv, the daughter. And so, I don't know. I mean, uh, how do you want to do this? How do we talk about this? There's a lot to unpack.
1: I know. There's so many different storylines. Yeah, the first (laughs) season is really about, like, the father Logan's health crisis and the kids trying to, like, angle to be the new successor. And then it kind of becomes apparent that he's not going anywhere. So then the second season (laughs) is really about this bid from a couple of outsiders to, like, Stiff arm Logan out of the company I don't know I don't fully understand <laughs> All of the business aspects of it yeah. Did you understand this at all Paige the like bear hug Or whatever this business method is Of stockholders and whatnot. Uh,
2: yes m- I would say mostly um, I mean I think you described it well Exactly that Kendall in the first season Riled up some outside investors uh, To try to take over the company from his dad when that didn't work and then – can I say a spoiler alert for season one?
1: Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Kendall
2: Chappaquiddix and
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> his dad finds out and covers it up for him. Um, and then he ends up backing down and said, I saw my plan. I saw the plan. My dad's just better. And then leaves these uh, outside <laughs> investors to try to make a bid on their own, which was kind of what the whole season one to season two build up was was about
0: so here's my question i just have to say so i watched this season one before season two came out and i was just like "Ah, like i hate everyone they're all so stupid i don't like root for anyone i really don't find any of this fun to watch because they're just so bad at strategizing and they're also just awful people but like As you guys were watching it and then binging it, like, who did you feel any sort of connection or sort of sympathy for any of these characters, or were you who did you decide to put your like your money on as far as the successor of Succession? I mean, it's for me,
2: it's almost like Game of Thrones. You don't know who to look at, you don't know who you're cheering for. Everyone is equally bad and equally good. Um, So I didn't really. I to be honest, I don't really care. I just want to watch. I don't really care who ends up succeeding. I just want to watch Mm. the struggle and watch them all uh, (laughs) die trying. I would say like the only time I had an emotional pull was actually in this last episode. Like the very, not to get, I don't know if we want to get into the finale yet, but the really devastating conversation between uh, Tom and Shiv on the, Mm. the beach. Poor Tom. (laughs) Oh,
1: yes. I just think that it's... uh, Well, it's from... There's a lot of producers, but two of the producers on it are Adam McKay, who directed Vice and The Big Short and also a bunch of comedies prior to that, and then Will Ferrell. So there's definitely like a comedic bent to all of this. It's a drama. It ran in drama in the Emmys, which is kind of surprising, I think. But it is also a a comedy in a lot of ways. And yeah, I, I agree with Paige. I don't think that there's anybody who i necessarily like rooting for because they're all such bad people. But I'm just so fascinated by all of the interactions. And it is weird though, because like for all of them being bad, there's times where I am rooting <laughs> for all of them. Like Logan is a horrible person, but multiple times through this season, when, you know, these other people are trying to take down him and the company, I'm like rooting you, uh... actively for Ooh. him to like screw <laughs> over these other people. Matt, I'm like, no, gross. Logan's the best. We can't get rid of him.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not Matt, alone in this field.
1: <laughs> no, um,
0: I'll say I, when I talked about this on our podcast and It or hate it once, it was for season one, and I definitely was a hater because, like I said, I just didn't know who to care about. I felt sort of dirty watching these gross people who were so like ambivalent to their power and influence in the world and just filled it with a total lack of care. But season two, I don't know what changed. I don't know if it was just I was more involved in the discourse But I feel like season two was actually a lot more funny than season one. Like I felt like they hit their stride in the characters, in the script. And so it was a lot more entertaining to watch rather than just like miserable and uncomfortable. So it made it like actually likable to me. I found it more easy to lean back and just enjoy the comedy of this sort of defunct family that happens to be in the higher echelon of wealth and power (laughs) So I was actually a fan of season two.
1: I mean, season two was fantastic. So (laughs) if you weren't a fan of it, it'd be a problem.
0: Do you feel like there was a, a tonal difference, though? Or was I just, I don't know, making that up, I guess?
1: I think that season two for... In season one, there's a lot of episodes, I think, that kind of are... Interchangeable, almost like like there's not yeah. a big like moment or setting to them necessarily. Like Paige, you were saying, you skipped a couple of them and you, you can't even rem- like sort of remember what happened. <laughs> they they all seemed kind of I don't know like to be doing the same thing in similar ways in in a lot of the episodes. Yeah, where season two, I think they said, okay, we have ten episodes, and each one is like very specifically set in a certain place or about a certain thing. So mm-hmm. even though the story is going throughout the whole season it's like each episode is very specific in and of itself and they put the action in these funny kind of bizarre weird uh like ultra rich settings where they're on a yacht for one episode or they're on this weird like hunting grounds or there's a shooting in the office and they're locked in the safe room or they're at like a competitive the competitors uh, like family estate I don't know each episode is just set mm-hmm. so differently that I think that really they all kind of like sing in their own way even right. as they're part of this bigger story which makes it more engaging
0: yeah and I feel like season one was kind of it did feel more drama oriented because it was about this son sort of betraying his father and just failing to kind of get his feet in. And and then, of course, it ends with this, this, I guess, murder, manslaughter moment where he, high on drugs, kills or drives a car into a bay, thus killing a waiter from his sister's wedding. And his dad decides to bury it for him. And so it all felt sort of like sad and pathetic and gross, whereas this season was much more focused on the family sticking together in a way that was interesting, because even though they were still like, chess pieces on the board there was sort of an integral I don't know foundation to them that was entertaining to watch but I guess we should break down these character arcs and get into season two
1: yeah Paige who was your favorite who do you want to start with which one of these uh rascals
0: <laughs> I mean I think I gotta go with cousin Greg I saw
2: cousin as Greg. Matt
0: knows <laughs> I had a cousin Greg sighting this <gasps> weekend oh my gosh um, so I have cousin Greg on the brain where did you see him what happened? Yeah.
2: This is the most... I mean, I feel... Okay. So I saw him at a Bon Iver concert. <laughs> of course, Cousin Greg. He's unmissable. <laughs> He's like 6'6", six, six at least. And I feel like the, the Venn diagram of people that would be at a Bon Iver concert in Brooklyn at Barclays Center and people that watch Succession is nearly... A perfect circle. So I think he was getting a lot of sightings <laughs> there. Um, but yeah.
1: Uh, that's great. So when you saw him, were other people like coming up to him and talking to him or taking pictures and stuff?
2: Well, this is, you know, this is a little bit this is tough to admit, but the concert already started and I was actually in a drinks <laughs> line. So um, there weren't a lot of people out in the <laughs> concession area. Most people were, you know, watching the show. So, it, but there were a couple of people whispering. <laughs>
1: So were you were you like just not into Bonnie Bear that much, or were you you were just like, no, I need I, a drink. No, I need a drink.
2: <laughs> Come on, if you're gonna sit down at Barclays Center for an hour and a half, Bonnie Bear concert, <laughs> you're gonna need you're gonna need a couple drinks.
1: <laughs> you know, I I'm not sure I could name one Bonnie Bear song that is not from one of the Twilight movie soundtracks. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, that no. tells us where I'm at.
0: Ooh. <laughs> oh
1: gosh. yeah. Oh god. Okay, so Cousin Greg, Cousin Greg. What do you love about Cousin Greg? Tell us about his uh arc this season.
2: I mean, Cousin Greg, I think, provides much of the comic <laughs> relief. He and Tom are <laughs> such a great duo. He also ends up being an amazing foil in the very like throughout this season having this Privileged bit of information about the death pit—is that what they call it? (laughs) Season one,
0: yeah, something like that.
2: So callous, but I like—I like where he's at. That you know, the first scene we see him, he's throwing up in a (laughs) in a snow Joe costume, and somehow he's in Corporate America. He has a massive (laughs) office for New York City as well. I'd like to point out. So uh, I like
1: that rise. Yeah, Greg is like an is like a cousin of the Roy's who it's like Logan Roy's brother's grandson, Mm. like sort of a tangential relation who just happens to be kind of like at the right place at the right time in the first season. And gets uh becomes Tom Wamsgans, who's Shiv's husband's assistant, and is then privileged to this information about the cruise line that the family owns and all of these like horrible kind of like murders and rapes and cover-ups that are going on. So in the second season, he has like a little bit of power because he knows about this and has some of the information that the Roys need in this cover-up attempt. And so he's able to waylay that into you know getting himself a bigger office getting himself a better position but he's also sort of like fumbling throughout the whole thing and his relationship with tom his boss but also like a family member is is very uh it's like a lot of the humor throughout the whole the whole thing
0: yeah i think um probably my favorite moment of the whole season was in the finale when there. are <laughs> going on to this like huge ass yacht that they just casually call a boat and Kendall is like hey cousin Greg like what do you think he's like yeah it's nice and it's like there's just this moment where you like <laughs> realize like, as yes, money this like peripheral um closeness to this level of privilege definitely rubs off on Greg because yeah a few episodes before he was house hunting looking at like tiny loft spaces and and struggling to feel like he'd be able to find a place and now he's sipping champagne talking about how it's not his favorite but it's okay and I think it was like a very nice subtle character change for him to kind of see him you know starting to know how to play the game but also totally unaware that he has changed so much And so it'll be interesting to see where season three takes him because he does end up becoming sort of this pawn in everyone's game, but also a very active player in the sabotage and, I don't know, hijinks they're all trying to get at.
1: Do you think that this could be a storyline, something like Breaking Bad, where Greg starts out as the like underling everyman, and then by the end of the series, he is like the new Logan Roy, <laughs> that he's in charge of the media conglomerate and a terrible person? Like, Do you think that that is where we're going?
2: I mean, but that's the thing, right? Is almost everyone is an underling to, to Logan. <laughs>
0: Logan definitely thinks so.
1: So then there's the four siblings. There's Kendall, who I guess let's talk about him quick. We already touched on him a little bit. He is trying to get... Uh, like mutiny against his father in the first season then he accidentally kills somebody now he's sort of like a dead robot that logan is telling (laughs) what to do throughout this whole season he's back on drugs yeah he's back on drugs he's like sleeping with various people just sort of trying to get by and is a gun for hire for his father like in episode two he cuts this whole like company that they and fires hundreds of people that they bought in the first season he like dismisses the various women that he's with based on whether or not his father likes them or not um his dad like makes him testify again about these cruise murders uh, in front his of his dad Congress. drags
0: him to the house of the guy right. he murdered to make nice yes. yeah he's a sad little puppy and it's hard to watch because he's just kind of pathetic and all his siblings think so too but he's the number one boy yes. yeah yeah <laughs> He's daddy's number one boy in season two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Logan definitely has him right where he wants him. And Kendall seems to have lost all the fight in him just over the guilt, the exhaustion. I don't know. But he's just a limp biscuit by the end. (laughs)
1: or is he we'll have to discuss yeah. the final Jeez. scene later <laughs> yes okay so sibling number two is shiv roy the only sister on of the kids and mm-hmm. she in the first season was not working for the company was working for like a democrat senate candidate who it, was he running for president or was planning on running for president planning on yes. it? yeah Okay, anyways, yeah. uh, Logan tells her that he wants her to come and work for the company, so she quits working for the senator and starts- Well, Logan starts- tells
0: her she wants he wants her to be the CEO. He wants her to be it. He's offering yes. her his position when the time comes, and she can't resist that little carrot he's dangling. I think Shiv ended up being my least favorite. I've just got to say it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Shelby, you hate women.
0: Yeah, why is that? No, I hate women who sabotage other women. And, you know, like Taylor Swift once said, there's a special oh, place gosh. in hell for women who don't support other women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Dear Lord. Ooh,
2: just as tough to hear yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, I mean... That's the whole thing, right? Like, season one with Shiv, you see her, she's, uh, like, you don't think she is going to, like, succumb to the pressures of the power, of the money. She's above all, above all that. She's working with this uh, Bernie Sanders, like, senator who hates Waystar um, Royco, and, like, everything they stand for. But then, boom, season two, episode one, as soon as the dad offers her the position of being the next ceo she 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 folds so quickly um but it was <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun to watch her this season that's for sure
0: <laughs> make some really embarrassing uh mistakes yes just truly terribly dumb mistakes. And I was very confused by her character because in season one, they made her seem very smart, very like above it focused. And then in season two, she was just making choices that made zero sense in any capacity. Like I, I remember the, for they're at a conference or something and this, smaller story of the the cruise scandal comes out and she's like oh put me on stage I'm a woman I can handle this and then she just starts talking trash about her own company and I was just like what was her angle like I just was very confused in that moment because like all the other missteps had been sort of like circumstantial like Kendall missed his helicopter to the like board meeting or whatever but this is like a truly WTF moment for me where I was like what was she thinking like honestly what was her angle there
2: well the the other brother Roman kind of baited her into it if you remember and I think it like goes to show that even someone who seems like so unflappable and so smart and so polished like cannot get over these super toxic (laughs) family dynamics that are, are at play yeah. It's kind of the same thing, too, when she stumbles and it's a big secret that she's going to be the next CEO and she blurts <laughs> it out because she's also oh, yeah, desperate. That dinner. For her. So
0: awkward. Yeah. Ooh.
2: Yeah. There were a lot of really good cringe <laughs> moments. Yeah. yeah.
0: The dinner scene, though, seemed like she was trying to force her dad's hand. Like she was trying to make him say it out loud in order to ensure the promise she had been given. And so I could kind of see why she did it but i don't know i just like most of the time she was just being moronic and i was like why aren't you thinking these through a little bit more you know you had a successful career outside of your dad's influence so you're clearly like smart i don't know Uh, she was annoying
1: yeah but like But I don't I am still skeptical on how good at her job she actually was like previously (laughs) in these campaigns. Or was it just that she had access to a lot of money and was good at fundraising because she knew all of these rich people? I don't know. Yeah. What I do like, though, about this second season is that you have all of these siblings and the father and the other people who work at Raystar Royco in the higher up positions who are all sort of on one hand working as a team to fend off these people who are trying to buy Mm -hmm. the company. But at the same time, they're all jockeying for position within Mm -hmm. the company to somehow end up on top once this crisis is averted. So in all of these scenes, you can not only like see them working together, but also trying to undermine each other in a lot of different ways, which I think makes all of the, it, there's just so much tension in every single scene because you don't know who's trying to like get one over on, e- yeah. on another person. Yeah. And Shiv
0: and her husband, Tom, had some of the more interesting moments because Shiv sort of at the last, the end of the last season sort of threw this open marriage on her new husband, like at, right after on the wedding night she's like hey I I don't think I can be yeah (laughs) I don't think I can be like um uh what's the word I'm looking for monogamous monogamous (laughs) monogamous, thank you (laughs) and so she's like I want to know about marriage and Tom who is this very like dorky just ballsless dude is just like oh okay and then the rest of the season she's just constantly forcing him into these weird situations and she's She was supposed they had this like 10 year plan where he would become CEO and she would be outside of it and they'd be together. And then she decides, no, I'm going to be CEO. And he's like, oh, okay. And like you can see that tension bubbling up and she remains completely blind to it until the finale when he finally gets enough nerve to be like, I'm very unhappy here. And that finally softens her in a strange way, which is an interesting play on a female character to kind of make him. I don't know. It's a lot to unpack, but the reason I really don't like Shiv is she becomes this, this central figure in sort of the, f- I, I don't know how to like unpack this like complex plot, but basically there's a survivor of a victim of the, of the cruise lines who's going to speak at Congress and kind of, um, shed the truth about what, um, Lester did and, uh, how Waystar Roy Co, Co was involved. And she is sent by her father to kind of talk her down, offer her money, whatever. And like, I swear, like 20 minutes of this episode is just her talking to this woman and manipulating this woman to not say anything and saying that she's doing it as a favor and like, oh, it's your choice. It's your choice. And she just becomes this very nasty, unlikable woman who's just like, totally self-centered to me. I mean, obviously everyone in this show is, but.
2: So that, that, that scene in particular is so compelling. It's interesting that you bring that up because they cut recently published a bunch of stories about survivors of specifically like workplace harassment, which is what in the show, this um, woman who's going to testify Senate is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them talked about like exactly what Shiv was saying, you know, how hard it was to come forward, you know, how it was a very compelling argument. I have to say from Shiv, and I'm not saying that Shiv's motives were pure by any means, but I found it to be an interesting take on, uh, like that side of it, right. Where it's easy to say, Oh, this woman's so brave and and she, and she is, but, uh, the double side of it for her, which is She's more than just that moment that the world sees the Senate
1: hearing. Well, and not only that, but also when you factor in like the money of the situation, if your options are like option A, you have to go through this public harangment and And you get brought onto the news and people think that, you know, say all kinds of nasty things to you. And option B is that you don't have to go through that and you get a lot of money. I feel like it's a, you know, it's a tough choice to like do the right thing or do the thing that's like easier.
2: Yeah. Well, and also it's Shiv makes this really compelling argument. Like I will get in there. I will clean up the mess. I will make sure that all the men that hurt you are held responsible. And in that moment, I found myself like also wondering is – is it someone that – like, is this trustworthy? Is she telling the truth? Is she just saying this to manipulate her? As a viewer, you couldn't really – or at least I couldn't really tell what her intention was there. If she was uh, lying <laughs> or if she was – she really meant that.
0: I mean, to me, I, we saw her intention because the whole like Senate hearing, they all know they were in the wrong. They all knew this was happening and they all just want to find someone to put the blame on. So they're like, oh, we'll just we'll let the buck stop here. We'll give them this head, this head. And that becomes the central like storyline of the finale, which is like who's going to take the fall. So it's not necessarily about like the blood cleaning it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, how do we get it so we can keep our company, like have our cake and eat it too, basically. So. I don't trust Shiv at all. I think she's a total liar and manipulator. (laughs) And I think that's where her skill lies in dealing with like playing that sort of like, oh, look at me. I'm like a feminist. Like I'm a, I'm a woman. I'll I'll do all these like, she had such a good phrase for it when she was in the car with Rhea, but. But basically she like knows that's her position is like, oh, see, put me in front of the company and you look woke. You look like feminist and cool and you have this great woman in power, but secretly she's just in it for herself it's
1: interesting because i feel like coming out of season one shiv looked like the good option in comparison to kendall who was kind of like the main option in season one now coming out of season two heading into season three i feel like shiv now looks like (laughs) a bad option we don't like her anymore and we (laughs) do instead like roman who is the third (laughs) child and is sort of like a (laughs) doofus in the first season but in the second season like kind of gets his act together a little bit in like the business savvy way and also comes up with this strange alliance with an older woman who works at the company jerry in like that's like sexual but also business i don't know it's very interesting i found roman very compelling this season and i was and wow. i felt like i was rooting for him throughout
0: <laughs> oh dear yeah. this is telling I think, a little bit too much i think about the you.
2: adjective that you're i think the adjective that you're searching for to describe roman is slime puppy which is yeah. now one of my favorite terms and what I would like to officially suggest as uh, the fan title,
0: the fan name yeah. for, for, uh, for fans, I guess.
1: Yes, <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about Roman then and why you're such a fan of his now.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's the he's well, I guess he's he's the youngest son, but I think Shiv is actually younger than him. Yes. I think I Shiv is think so. the baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, is yeah. Roman. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. So, But anyways, so Roman is like, yeah, kind of like a playboy, a jokester, <laughs> douchey. His father doesn't seem to think that he's really capable of doing much of anything in the first season, especially. In the second season, uh, Roman has to go through like the basic level, like management training at the park. And is is trying to like put deals together for his father, like smaller plot lines that aren't necessarily as integral, but I think is trying to prove himself that like he is a serious person. He could handle the business, especially when he looks and sees that Kendall who was kind of supposed to take over as a drug addict and as a hot mess. And then he, for most of the season thinks that Shiv isn't interested in running the family business until she kind of like blurts it out at that dinner <laughs> halfway through. So, I don't know. I I I I like that he's trying and then also Jerry, the I guess she's what like general counsel for the mm-hmm. company. She's like this older lady and they kind of at one point they have a weird sexual thing that's going on where she like uh I don't even know, like berates him over the phone uh and it he gets off to that but at the same time They also have some frank conversations about like, hey, look, Jerry isn't a member of the family. So she knows that Logan isn't going to give the company to her. And Roman realizes that he's sort of a doofus and that Logan probably won't give the company to him because he's not smart enough. And the two of them put together, hey, maybe if we kind of form an alliance, the two of us together can run things. And I don't know I of all of the options On the board I sort of feel like that's the most Compelling
0: <laughs> yeah he has a little agree or Disagree he has a little crush on Jerry. He's Very cute I Mean yeah I think he became more Interesting in this season he was just such A dirtbag in the first season he's very Vulgar very foul very like Above it all like oh I can say and do whatever I want and I won't Get in trouble and this Season I guess yeah he does kind Of curb it back a Little bit <laughs> But I do have a question. Like what is with his sex thing? Like I don't understand cuz season 1 I was sort of sure he was gay, like closeted or something. Um and then season 2 he has this whole relationship with this girl who he does not ever sleep with it seems and he can only get off when Jerry berates him over the phone. And so I just like I was very confused by that character choice. Like what is it what is it saying about him? Like why why is he this way? <laughs> um
1: I, yeah I don't know I'm uh, Romans sexuality I feel like it it's just uh, it's just like a quirk <laughs> well no but I think it has something to do with like a power dynamic that he mm. maybe he's like so powerful in life like he's always you know, he has all of this money and this clout and whatever that sexually he likes to be berated. I don't know the, but (laughs) I read also read articles online about how people from the first season thought he was gay and even still maybe think that. So I don't know, Uh, Paige, do you have any hot takes on Roman's sex life?
2: I mean, I actually, (laughs) I actually am kind of thinking the opposite, right? His, in his family, he's always the one that people make fun of. People have been doubting, um, his dad slapped him in season two. It seems like that's something that's happened before, so I think he's always been in that uh kind of position that he seems to like to put himself in with the council, Jerry, where uh being talked down to is what he
1: knows best. And yeah, well, well but did Logan hit him? Because I, I, because <laughs> Logan didn't even know if he uh, you're right, like, it was just a little he, backhand. He might, he, yeah, and He's he like, might not even have even uh, yeah. made contact. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Foggy memories. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the eldest son though, whose name I almost always forget. Con. Con. Connor. Connor. I'm a conhead.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Is the most bizarre character. Yeah. He's like an older son from a previous marriage. The other three siblings are all like full siblings. He's a half-brother, I guess. And is much older. It's actually funny because I think that Connor, the actor who plays Connor, Alan Rock, who's also in um Ferris Bueller's Day Off, is actually closer in age to the actor who plays Logan than he is to any of the other three <laughs> siblings, which is sort of weird. They're That's only funny. like 10 years apart or something. But anyways, yeah, Connor like doesn't isn't really involved in the family business at all. Uh, he had decided at the end of the first season that he wants to launch his bid for the presidency of the united states which is just a laughable hot mess and a joke throughout this whole season he is dating this woman who's like basically a call girl that he is paying named willa who is a screenwriter and connor pays to have her terrible play called Sands put up on broadway and it is a hot mess there's also an issue of whether the sand in the play has sand mites at one point. Greg gets like, sand mm-hmm. mites. <laughs> Greg gets sand mites. This does bring us to what I think my favorite moment of the entire season was, though, that at a certain point, a friend of the family named Mo passes away and connor is sent by logan to basically speak at the funeral because everyone else is busy and no one else can so him and willa go to the funeral and willa talking to the grieving widow is like oh my gosh like i've heard so many good things about mo and the widow's like who is mo and willa is obviously taken aback and then talks to connor and connor's like oh well his name was actually lester but we called him mo you know like mo lester and they thought like they went through a whole two episodes calling him mo just to set up this molester joke and i was like this is this is gold and i love it and i'm here for it and then they bring it back again in the dc like congress hearings where they're like but wait you called him mo why did you call him that and they're all like um you should never I, email I
0: anything just don't say it in an email. It's- yeah. 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 It's so it's- true. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I think what was interesting in reading all about the characters and the season two and the difference in season one to season two and just how well received this season has been is people are starting to sort of, you know, Become fans of this family and like kind of, you know, take sides and you have the con heads and you have the whatever fans of Roman, I guess. And so it is (laughs) weird that like this show that started as almost a critique of this like 0.001% is now you're kind of endeared to these bad characters and you're kind of engaged in their life and emotionally attached to some of them. And so that's kind of an interesting thing to me. Like is this is this pure entertainment? Is it, is it trying to say something? Is it a critique of this, of this wealth disparity? Like, you know, I don't know. I think that's sort of where the line is for me. And I sort of don't know how I feel that it seems to be peering more into, oh, well, this is a fun time and they're funny people. And like, mm, there's a little bit of goodness in them, right?
1: I mean, I think it's like a full on uh, satire throughout the whole thing. I mean, yes, like the characters are are sort of like likable in this world, but you know the whole time that they're bad and, they're, and they do so many terrible things and throw so many like lower class people under the bus oh, in yeah. various ways that are just like a throw off line and it basically destroys a person's life. And I think that nowhere was the satire more clear than in the episode where... Waystar Royco is trying to buy out another media company that's more like a liberal media company, Mm -hmm. like a CNN. And so all of the characters from Waystar, who are supposed to be like a Fox News company, go to the house of this liberal family and are kind of try to schmooze them in order to buy out the company. And you very quickly realize that yes, like the liberals are different than the conservatives, but they're <laughs> equally terrible people and equally out of touch. And I just found like all of those interactions to be like, so spot on Mm -hmm. in the satire and they're not putting that in there just for jokes they're putting that in there to be like look all of you like wealthy liberal people who watched the first season and were like oh my gosh all of these people are terrible (laughs) Well, maybe like take a (laughs) chance to look at yourself too because you know nobody is perfect in this world."
0: yeah i mean what was your favorite episode of the season did you have a favorite place a favorite showdown
1: well, bore on the floor. You know, you can't really, you can't, <laughs> oh, you can't that. beat that one. <laughs> I
0: hated it so much. Yeah. Who knew? That was
1: a moment. I don't know. Paige, did you have a favorite episode?
2: You know, I really liked um, the Argusties episode, which is supposed to be, which is based on a real tech money media event in Sun Valley. I've, I like that episode a lot where things were starting to kind of first melt down with, Buying out the yeah. the liberal media company and the cruise line, death pit coming exposed, um, and then I mean I've got I've mm-hmm. got to go. With the the last mm-hmm. episode really blew me away. Yeah,
0: the finale is a is a big moment. I mean, it was sort of the first time we've seen them relaxed, almost like uh, I don't know, relaxed. But they're wearing fan they're wearing boat clothes, you know. Their shoes yeah. off. It's sails out t- toes out or something yeah (laughs) sales out nails out nails out yeah
2: (laughs) yeah also I mean did did the did the costume designer just get neutral linens Mm -hmm. on a bulk discount did you notice that everyone is wearing (laughs) linen in a different neutral
0: color (laughs) yeah I actually read a very interesting like New Yorker piece about the costume design of the show and especially how excited they were about the yacht episode because They wanted to show each character like as as they were, but in like their fun day clothes, because we've always seen them in very neutrals, like, you know, black and grays and creams. And here it's like, oh, they're them, but they're also like a little bit spicy. And I was like, are they are they spicy? Kendall wears brown, the all brown, the entire episode.
1: Kendall's having a rough day. So, I guess, talking about the finale, let's talk about the final moment and where we think, like, what happened and what's going to happen in season three. Um, Shelby, do you want to set up the, like, the last... Hurrah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the finale was great because you sort of expected it to kind of follow the previous episode, which was high stakes, like high tension at the Senate hearing. Everyone's at each other's throats, but instead it opens and they're getting ready to go on this massive yacht. And it was just all, it was a very, very provocative way to kind of show again how different their lives are, that they can be, you know, in this scandal, threatened with jail time, like up against the court of the of the country, and they can all take time off to go on this <laughs> huge yacht that's like next to these tiny little Fisher boats. Yeah, yes. Yes. Shot, um, different angles of. And just so they're all they all gather on this boat supposedly for a breather to take a break, but at the heart of it, you know, Logan has to decide like who's going to take the fall for this cruise line debacle, and. There's a few other pieces at play, but basically it comes down to that. He gathers everyone in and he's like, oh, we're all buddies, but which one of you? Like, let's just take emotion out of it. We're just going to point fingers. It doesn't mean anything. And all these people are just so quick to be like, oh, not me, but her, not me, but him. And it's just a delightful sort of crazy look at at this toxic family and their close friends and how... Even when they say like, oh, we're all buddies, that doesn't keep you off the chopping block. And so it all comes to a head when Logan has to decide like which person takes the fall. And he ultimately decides on Kendall because it's, quote, the logical choice.
1: But then so Kendall gets on. They announce it to everybody on the boat. Kendall gets on the helicopter, whatever, flies off to New York with cousin Greg (laughs) has this press conference where he's supposed to take the fall for all of this. And then in a twist of fate basically in front of all of these cameramen says you know whose fault this is it's my father he knew all about this he's the person who should go down it's his fault and then like the last shot of the season is logan watching this happen on tv and kind of like smiling to himself so my question is did logan set did Logan tell Kendall to throw Logan under the bus or is Kendall working on his own and throws Logan under the bus and Kendall's or, and Logan's just proud of him for finally getting the killer instinct that he didn't have. Like, what do we think? What do you guys think?
2: I mean, uh, It seems to me that those final words where his dad tells him he's going to have to take the fall in this really humiliating, very public way, and then he asks his dad, kind of like his his last question before he leaves, like, were you ever going to appoint me CEO, do you think? And his dad says, no, you don't have that killer instinct. I feel like that is when Kendall turned on him. I don't think Logan, we, we know anything about Logan, he never wants to look bad. He's not willing to... Mm -hmm. Um, take responsibility, certainly not for something this public. Uh, He likes being this very uh, untouchable figure. So I think it was just kind of season one, Kendall, coming back and uh, (laughs) getting over that like kind of sad puppy look he had all season.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I definitely saw it that way first. And then reading people's like thoughts on it, it's like, yes, Logan at the beginning of the episode is told that he'll lose the company unless he steps down. Like, that's what his shareholders want. And he tries at the beginning of this dinner to be like, I think it has to be me. But yeah, like, yes, I can maybe see that argument. But first of all, I don't think Logan is that smart to like plant those sort of like strings to get Kendall to do that, like from afar. But... I also don't think he's selfless enough to be like that sacrificial for like his ego just would never allow it. So I definitely think that Kendall just finally got the balls to be like, I have all the chips now that I think I can play this hand and get away with it. And he has cousin Greg in his corner, too. So what can go wrong?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And that's also like a device we haven't seen yet that they would do something behind Mm -hmm. the viewer's back where they would be, like, presumably for that to be true, the dad and Kendall would have, sorry, Logan and Kendall would have to be uh, plotting together and they don't show it.
0: Right.
1: I don't know. I, I feel like if Logan didn't know and Kendall just turned on him in front of this press conference, Logan would be furious. Like, both times when Kendall tries to screw over Logan in the first season, Logan, like, does not take it well at all. And I can't see him just being like, Oh yes, that's my son. Like you know, good on you for finally like growing a pair.
0: But I think it was like surprise. I think it was like, wow, I didn't think he had that in him. But I can like work with this. Like I'll I'll take this bastard down. But like, huh? I also
2: didn't take it as he was smiling. I saw a lot of people online saying that too, but I didn't see it as a smile. Did you guys?
1: I thought it was a smile and then also combined with yes, that earlier scene in the episode where the stockholders tell Logan like the only way we're we're sticking with the company is if you quit, which I think Logan like realizes and is internalizing throughout the whole episode. And then also, why would they send cousin Greg with Kendall to get these papers if Logan didn't if Logan wasn't doing it? Like there's no reason for Greg to go there unless it's to incriminate <laughs> Logan, right?
0: So do you think do you think Logan got Kendall in on this, and it's their plan together, or you think Logan was like the master puppeteer who knew exactly what buttons to no. push to get this to fall? No,
1: I think that Logan told Kendall what to do. Like, I think that they that oh, really? they had this conversation,
0: but then wouldn't that rob that whole conversation they had in private? Like, w- I th- why would he have said all that? I, I think that was he no was audience. like
1: testing him one more time just to make sure that that kendall would like be 100 like would would do what he needed to do like that he is logan's number one boy and so once he got that reassurance one more time that that kendall wasn't going to betray him then he said you know what actually it needs to be me <laughs> and you were going to have to take greg back with you because otherwise why is greg
0: no that just makes it like a fairy tale sort of like oh, we're not going to show the audience this, like, hidden conversation. We tricked them all. Well, there needed to be some kind of
1: twist at the end.
0: Yeah, and the twist was that Kindle, and I think they've been setting Kindle up to kind of deal with this because he's been pushed so hard by his dad first. His dad is like, oh, yeah, take all the time you want. Go take some time off. But then the first episode of the season, he's like, no, get in front of the camera, clean up your mess. And then again, he's like, hey, you're annoying me right now. I'm going to make you sit in the the house of the family you whose son you murdered and then again he's like break up with your girlfriend i don't like her i don't like her you're supposed to be here you're too weak you're too weak and i think kendall finally just snapped and like realized he doesn't have his dad's love or affection he has his dad he's like wrapped in his dad's like little cage for his little songbirds like i don't think he could handle it
1: anymore but then where does season three go because then it's like Logan's just going to come out and say like, well, Kendall's a druggie and whatever. So then Kendall is, and the, Kendall and Logan are then both done and the company just like dies?
2: I don't think that the dad throwing out accusations of Kendall being a drug addict or even uh, the Chappaquiddick incident, the unintentional vehicular manslaughter, it comes up against all of the atrocities that happened with the cruise ship uh, business over the years. And I think the public... Mm-hmm. Really wants someone to blame for that, and those seem so much bigger in light of whatever petty things Logan could throw his way.
1: Well, I'm not saying that that like Logan tries to pin it on Kendall, but I think that then if Logan throws out the stuff about like the Chappaquiddick incident with Kendall, well, then Kendall and Logan both look bad. Who is the like then? Then I feel like the stockholders just vote. Well, but the stock people, I think, excited for that. I mean, yes. (laughs) But the stockholders will just vote <laughs> to give the company over to Stewie right. and whatever. And then it's like, well, then what's the show? You know, I feel like if they don't have the company, then how do you have the show?
0: Well, the, I, I feel like season three. And honestly, who knows if they'll do more? Because it would make sense if season three is sort of wrapping up this who gets the company. And it's like if the shareholders meeting is put on hold or whatever, I don't know, business stuff, blah, blah, blah. But it seems like since the first season focused on Kindle, the second season focused on Shiv, then Roman would will be an emotional crux of the third season, which would make it maybe like Logan deciding Roman is going to be his new project. He's going to groom Roman to take over since he's being outed and just kind of exploring the relationship between siblings when one has clearly drawn a line in the sand.
1: I mean, maybe. I see no way, though, that this show ends after three seasons. For me, this is like the new (laughs) HBO juggernaut. It's doing so well. It has so much steam coming out of season two. I think it's going to... Like, I think the Golden Globes and the Emmys next year are just going to be full of awards for Succession. Everybody loves it. The acting is so great. Like, I just... I but can't.
0: should they do more than three seasons? Like it's one thing to know they will, but it's like shouldn't it, I don't know how they'll sustain the story because, like you said, it's always been the same story. It's like one sibling tries something, well, it doesn't work. One I mean, sibling at some tries point, something, Logan it doesn't Logan has work.
1: to die, and I feel like that uh-huh. is a season of in and of itself. But
0: then succession is over. You know, they've succeeded. So what I don't becomes know. the tension? Does it just become a work office show like it's like the office for the one percent? Like I don't know.
1: I feel like that they that they could easily milk this for an, I mean another <laughs> few seasons. And not saying that oh yes it'll be as good as this season, but I can't see them like cutting this after three seasons. Yeah, being absolutely like, yes, not. This is what we always wanted. Yeah. I feel like this is at least like a six season show. And what? And yeah. none of these actors are famous. So like, what else are they could, are they doing? <laughs>
0: And we do there is Mister Darcy. Yeah. yeah, yes. Kendall clearly has a career in music ahead oh. of him. So yes,
1: the rap. We so did not discuss that. that. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's my favorite yeah. episode. If we're actually oh discussing it, I do that whole. That was great. Okay. Well, do either of you guys have anything? Uh, any other big thoughts on the show or season three, or what's coming up? Or should we do uh, lightning round questions? What do you think?
0: Well, I just want to say, like, Elastigirl really did her best. She almost got the whole thing in the I bag. Know. And if she just held on a little longer, like, <laughs> I was rooting for her. But, alas.
1: Yeah, we didn't even really talk about that Holly Hunter is in this. Uh, and like, <laughs> And is really good, but also sort of, like, amounts to nothing in this season. Yeah. I think
0: she's coming back season three.
1: You think she'll be in season three? Yeah, I
0: think it's a huge loose end. Yeah, I mean, she was announced as CEO, and they decided not to announce that she... Abandoned that post, so technically, she's still CEO.
1: Yes, I guess that's true. And I also feel like in season three dun, dun, they can dun. they can deal with the Chapacritic stuff. Obviously, they can deal with the fallout of Kendall's news. So I think yeah. like there's a lot. And where's Marsha? And where is Marsha? Justice Marcia? for Marsha. So <laughs> Will Willa have another play? So many questions. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think Lilla yeah.
1: actually might be my favorite character. She's great. <laughs>
0: she is. Well, that was one of my um, my uh, rapid fire questions: was if you were, if you had the opportunity to uh, have a quid pro quo relationship with one of these siblings, which one would you <laughs> hitch your wagon to?
1: I mean, I think Roman is clearly the, <laughs> the best option here. It involves very little from you, and you know. <laughs> He seems well connected
0: true.
1: and he'd be, I feel like he'd be more fun to hang out with than Connor
0: <laughs> yeah. or Kendall. That's true.
2: That's very true. I don't know. I think you got to go straight to the top. I would, I'd be interested in
1: Logan. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have Logan, that's what, you know, that's one. what Holly Hunter was doing. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess mine, I guess my choice would probably be, oh, they're just all so awful. I don't know. I don't know. I guess Shiv, maybe like, like I've, I'll just let her do her thing, and I'll just use her money and enjoy her loft space in in New York. So
1: that's what Tom thought he was gonna do, but no, he yeah. fell in love. And <laughs> yeah, you but could Tom about
0: feelings.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, if you had, if you could pick one of the like locations from this show to be like your house, which location would you pick?
0: Honestly, I think Shiv and uh, Tom's apartment. I really loved it. It was very cool floor to seal floor to ceiling windows, um, a very cool island. I think, yeah, I could be happy there.
2: I think I gotta go with the the Hamptons <laughs> mansion with the uh trash oh, bag full yeah. of raccoons and the chimney. Yeah,
0: <laughs> i
1: I did like the uh throw all this food out we 're just going to order pizza <laughs> instead. That was a good one mo- oh, I mean so I think upsetting. you guys are both thinking very small I want the castle that the wedding was in in the second in the first season
0: mm, but it's so ugly and drafty no. and old buildings smell weird yeah, that's haunted know? for
1: sure they, they they smell better than dead raccoons in that chimney <laughs> that's for sure uh Paige do you have any lightning round questions
2: I do it was funny this this was naturally brought up over the weekend with a bunch of friends but if you had the opportunity to join the Roy
0: family, like would you be one? Would you opt in to be one of the children? Oh my gosh, no, no, thank you. I know Matt would, but no.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to choose not to answer this question. Uh, <laughs> be fair. Yes. Ah, yeah. uh, Paige, are you joining, or, or are yeah. you <laughs> sitting you know, out funny. with Shelby?
2: Season one, I was like, "This is horrible." Season one, I was a shiv, you know. felt I was uh-huh. on a more high ground. Mm. Season two, I was waiting in the muck with with all of them. I
0: was like, mm, "I could <laughs> partake in this."
1: <laughs> I can handle it. So, yeah.
0: I mean, similar question, but what lifestyle perk would you would you want most from their, You know, this point one percent of the of the nation because they never drive themselves anywhere in any vehicle or any form or
1: I feel like having just like flown to Chicago and back this weekend, like flying for me, I feel like has finally lost like any excitement value and is just sort of a nuisance (laughs) at this point. So a private jet would be like a big thumbs up for me. I'll take it.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Skipping lines, too. I think that the helicopter in New York, too that's mm-hmm. definitely appealing
1: mm-hmm. and they have to have multiple helicopters because the helicopter that they had in uh the finale wasn't the same one you you can't fly a helicopter <laughs> that over was the, their, yeah that, that, was, that a was a their yacht
0: helicopter yeah, that's a boat helicopter yeah.
1: <laughs> oh okay yeah sorry i get them mixed up it's totally
0: different matt it's so embarrassing um if you had
1: the company if you had the power to buy out any company in the world uh which company would you like to own <laughs> You know, you got to dream big, people.
0: I guess Google, right? Or would Apple? Google. Google. 100%, right? That's the most well, most
1: financially sound one. Yeah, I don't know. Or, or like Amazon, I guess, is a big one. Uh, See if you can go from two-day
2: shipping to <laughs> one-day shipping.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Matt, do you have an answer for that?
1: Yeah, I would buy out 7-Eleven.
2: Oh, of course. It's a bit short-sighted, but...
1: Um, is it
0: though (laughs) that i mean like
1: convenience stores are not going anywhere people love them you can put them anywhere like it feels like a solid investment on my part (laughs) no
0: that's not no jerry would warn you against that that's a bad idea
1: (laughs) 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 wait you think that 7-elevens are gonna close at some point yes why
2: well aren't cars going to the wayside eventually yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, but you still,
1: need, like, where are you going to run and grab something really quick? Like, even Amazon can't get it to you that fast. I
0: have not stepped foot into a 7 Eleven wow. in like 25 years. I swear. Wow. It's like, okay. CVS well, that's, is that's, taking over. That's your privilege is like showing. <laughs> you? Your
1: privilege is showing. Wow. This no. is.
0: It's like I Walgreens is any probably going to last longer than 7 Eleven. Well, maybe I'll buy out Walgreens, How often do you go to 7-Eleven? Except oh, like, for your, uh, except like for your slushies. Okay. Well, and they when toquitos. you have to just
1: grab something. And what if you just need some, like, Tylenol real quick or, like, a water bottle? <laughs> oh 7-Eleven. Great.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. okay oh, Paige, fine, did you have another question? So I saw a
2: tweet uh, that just that said that succession is just serious arrested development. Would you rather be... <laughs> The Bluth family or <laughs> the Roy family.
0: I guess morally, I'd rather be in the Bluth, but but I could be in the Roy family and just sort of pull a Connor and maybe avoid. Well, Connor's actually sort of a dirtbag, and I don't I don't think we pay enough attention to how gross he is and and bad he is, but. The Roys do have you more money. Like, so.
1: uh, Shelby, you could be like Shiv, Shelby. I'm going to be fighting one. within the family yeah. <laughs> to just to make these things better. This is what I'm here totally. for.
0: I'd probably do the Roys.
1: I'm 100% joining nicer. the Roys. Matt, <laughs> I'm, even, I'm seeing
0: good. a side of you that honestly I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Get, yeah. This side comes out a lot. <laughs> Mention money and it's like <laughs> he's ready. Okay any of the characters who would you want to be in the streets versus who would you want to be in the sheets
1: what does that even mean
0: (laughs) you know like you know like i would want in the streets i guess i'd want to be logan because he gets stuff done in the sheets i think i'd want to be i think i'd want to be tom because he cares so much about um the other person (laughs) i don't even Mm -hmm. know what to do with this question (laughs)
1: <laughs> Paige, do you have an answer to this you
2: know <laughs> um who would i want to be in the streets god <laughs> uh, oh my god i'm gonna go with like a a Rhea in the streets oh, yeah. yeah no
0: that's a good um oh She's-
2: and a marsha in the sheets there's something going Ooh. on there that
0: Oh, yeah. That we don't know about, and
2: the,
1: So yeah. oh, We did not <laughs> even powerful. touch on the great, on the iconic scene where Marsha talks to Rhea and goes, I hope you've <laughs> been uh, tested for STD because I don't want them in yes. my bed. <laughs>
0: Powering, <laughs> <Amazing. laughs>
1: Like, whoa. <laughs> I'm going to have to save that uh, one yeah. for la- later in life if I need it. <laughs> um, uh, I guess I will pick. Uh I'll be uh Jerry in the streets um mm. Okay. And maybe also Jerry in the sheets. I think I'll just be Jerry in both. That's ways. your brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just berating people. Yeah, It feels it like less work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it feels easy.
0: That's on brand. That's true. I can just yeah, yeah
1: be sipping a gimlet and uh and mm. just like watching Netflix and casually doing something on the phone. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, that episode went someplace that I did not uh envision it going from the start. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Paige. Do you have anything you want to plug or promote or, you know, any of that?
2: If you if you really want to follow me and join my 250 followers on Instagram, I am Paige C Hansen.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, that we're just trying to uh to trying to get you to 300, Paige, you know. Thank you. So, you know, and just, just-
2: thank you guys and Matt does occasionally pop up on my stories so oh
0: Oh, okay yes that
1: is true that is true yeah so i think that is it for this week's episode we'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled programming (laughs) I think next week we're going into our, uh, second annual network TV pilot rankings. So get excited for that because that episode last year was truly one of my favorites, (laughs) I think. So, yeah, and And these shows are this year (laughs) better, worse, hard to say. There's a lot going on. There's a new Nancy Drew reboot that I just watched on the CW. So. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you watched any of these, Paige, any of these new network pilots?
2: I haven't it's just shockingly caught any of these new network <laughs> pilots, believe it or not. I, you know, oh, I've got to say, as a secret Riverdale fan,
0: I uh, uh. Nancy Drew caught my eye. Well, you'll have to listen to our episode and see how it, <laughs>
1: how it ranks. I will. Uh, well, thanks again for being on the podcast page. Um, listeners, we'll be back next week. Uh, follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong. Leave us your review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, see you later. Bye!